It's true. There are over 5 million miles of gas lines, power lines, fiber optic lines, water lines, and sewer lines all buried beneath your feet. And every 60 seconds, somebody digs into one. Look, if you're thinking about digging around, do yourself a favor and call 811 first just to find out what's down there. Trust me, you don't want to find out the hard way. Call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info. Well, good morning and welcome to Saturday in the Studio. Merle Kelch is off today, but we are joined in the studio by Attorney Alan Haugam, Haugam Law Firm here in Wausau, 715-845-2155 to take your estate planning questions today. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Tom. How are you this fine day? I'm fine. Uh, you know, you came in dressed in a Packer shirt and shorts, and I said, well, you're dressed for the golf course, and you said, no, it's a big fantasy football draft day for you today. It is. And, you know, Tom, this is so important. This all day, all day <laughs> fantasy football starts at 930, goes till about midnight, that I had a... a a wedding for one of my oldest and dearest friends, high school friend, college roommate. Uh, Scheduled for today. No, his oh. daughter. Well, yeah, then I wouldn't have gone. Okay. <laughs> we, we've rearranged family things for, for family oh, Okay, football. okay, all right. But but his daughter was getting married in St. Paul last night. And uh, uh, so I worked the morning, drove over to St. Paul for the wedding and the dinner, and they said, we're going to have a great time tonight. I'm like, well, i got to hop in the car one way or the other, and i got to be back to Wausau because I'm, I'm hanging out with Tom King in the morning, and then it's I fantasy see. football day. Right. And uh, there's nothing that stops fantasy football day, Tom. You know that... Uh, for people who don't play fantasy football, um, first of all, there is nothing more annoying or boring for anyone else to listen to than A, you describe your golf game, or B, you Those describe your fantasy I say the same sports thing. league. Exactly. I mean, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. It's, a, it's great fun, but nobody <laughs> cares. All right. 715-845-2155 is the question today. So we don't want people to call and ask you your opinion on, you know, whether or not Aaron Rodgers is worth a third-round selection in your I, fantasy draft. I'm still an amateur. To, I mean, the, the, in my league, I'm considered a professional uh-huh. in the fantasy football world, obviously. But um, today, I think we'll stick to the legal questions. Any legal question, though. Anything. That, that's right. We've always said that, that Alan did graduate from law school, so he could answer any legal question. But you did specialize, so, so you do have a speciality. And that's estate planning and elder law. So why don't we start there? You said you had some topics you wanted to cover today. You know, well, a lot of times what we talk about on on the show, Tom, are a a couple of things. Some is we talk about the basics. Sometimes we talk about how to protect things, uh, more of the elder law side, the the nursing home protection, those things. What have you gotten a lot lately, though, and really the the third thing that we talk about on the show, what are the topics? What are the hot topics that we hear about that, that we suddenly just hear an uptick in coming from clients? And I think one of them that we have gotten recently is it deals with the asset protection side, but maybe uh, a little bit of confusion with clients. So we'll, we've had clients come in, and a lot of times what we talk about, and we advertise on the website and all kinds of things about, um, if, if there's ever a concern that, that someone other than who you want your assets to go to would receive them. So taxes are obviously a, a big one. How do you avoid them? How can you avoid uh, income taxes at death? How do you avoid uh, taxes during your lifetime? How do you avoid taxes for a surviving spouse, you know, kids, beneficiaries? So all those different layers. And definitely the estate planning, you know, the financial planning helps you accumulate the biggest uh, pyramid of, uh, uh, of riches that you can. And then a lot of times the estate planning means we're going to try to give less of it to the government in taxes. Legally, absolutely, but, but you know, just kind of give the minimum. And I think the other thing, though, is when you talk about who, who would have a right to your stuff, you know, we'll talk about can you protect the, the distribution to children? So if one of your kids is ever divorced, for example, they don't lose half of it. Well, Wisconsin says most of their ideas want your, your kids to put to the inheritance in this big 50-50 pot, and they'd lose half. Well, can we protect that? Yes. 
The other one is, and, and a little bit of this time, you know, is near and dear. You know, I'm from Edgar, and uh, I grew up on a kind of a little small farm, but a lot of our, our friends are, are, are farmers. I was just in Edgar last night as the Wildcats beat Stratford in the annual rivalry game. Don't mean to say we've got a, got a, got a 53 professionals on that high school football team, Tom. <laughs> Same high school coach from 10 years before I was there, and he's mm. still there, and a uh, great guy. Yeah. So it's, uh, but it, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we have a lot of people that say, well, you know what? With anything, with the farm, the cottage, the hunting land, the house, the money, you know what we could do is we could put it into, uh, and now this is erroneous, but, but people have said, you know what we could do is we could put it into an LLC. An LLC is a limited liability company. Does that limit how much other people can get? Does that protect it? And, and we run into a, a little bit of a confusion as to what they do. So I kind of wanted to talk about the differences between those, Tom. You know, and when we talk about LLCs, LLCs work great for something where you might have a liability that's not created by you. And what I mean by that is if you have a single person who is performing services, you know, if I'm the person who is uh, uh, going around and, and shoveling sidewalks and I call myself, you know, Haugam Snow Shoveling LLC, and something happens that um, I don't do my job. You know, I don't do it, or I shovel it poorly, or I shovel just the fluffy snow and I leave the ice on the bottom, and suddenly someone slips and they say, hey, uh, we think, you know, we thought this sidewalk was covered. It was, you know, it's got the gold seal of approval. How, how come snow shoveling LLC? <laughs> and, uh, and it's clear that that business did not perform what it was supposed to do, and someone slips and someone's hurt, and they say, we're going to sue the business. We're going to sue you for what you didn't do. You said you'd shovel this and protect people. You didn't do it. And I can't stand behind and say, "Well, you know, you can't sue me. Don't don't sue uh, don't sue me. Sue the business. You know, how come snow shoveling LLC is the one that failed you?" They say, "No, no, no. You're a single person. You're the only person. You're the guy. So you can't uh, get out of LLCs." And this is a long way of, of kind of describing what they do and what they don't do. But you can't get out of your personal liability. You're always responsible personally. So you know, if we have Howgum Law Firm LLC, if I do something wrong, if I make a mistake. There, you know, I, it, it's, it's, there's a consequence. You know, I am always responsible for what I do. What it does, though, is an LLC can protect you in a business sense uh, or in a collective sense from what someone else did or what someone else didn't do. So if, if you have a, a, a five-person LLC and someone else in your business did something wrong or didn't do something they should do, yeah, you can lose all of your investment in the business, and the person who did the wrong can lose their personal assets, but I can't lose anything more than what I put into the business if it wasn't me. So LLCs have a place, and we're going to kind of contrast that to what they do and what they don't do today. All right, let's go to the phone first. Uh, we apparently have an early question. Good oh, morning. Good. Who are we talking to? Oh, this is Donna May. Hey, Donna May, you're good on with morning, Alan. Go ahead. Donna May. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question, if you can explain something. In a, uh, it's about uh, life estate uh, deeds. And yes. then in order to qualify, you have to actually have your uh, house paid off. Otherwise, they might uh, um, call your mortgage in. Can you explain that? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Donna May, you know, really, you are uh, perfect timing today because that's something that we kind of lead into. Probably would have uh, dragged this uh, conversation into the second half of the show, and we can get there a little bit faster. So what a, what a life estate deed means is uh, uh, say that, Donna May, your parents – decided that uh, they wanted to give the house to the kids. This, this used to be very common, I would say, up until about, about eight years ago. This was incredibly common, where you give the house to the kids. The parents would stay living there, 
but but they wanted to do it because they wanted to protect it. Usually, there, there's a couple of purposes, but usually it's if you ever needed nursing home care. The parents wanted to make sure that if they needed nursing home care, the state didn't come and say, aha, we are going to take your house, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Well, they could say, well, we don't own a house. We gave it to the kids. We gave it to the kids years ago. Well, that was great. But then parents would say, wait a minute. What if the kids, they own our house? Could they kick us out? Yeah. Has that ever happened? Could our kids get into a car accident? Could our kids get divorced? All of a sudden, is our house at risk? And just, you know, there's a feeling of security you want when you're retired. And so what the people would say is we want to stay living there. Well, so what you could do is people could give the house to the kids, transfer it to the kids, but they would keep the right to live there. And a life estate means I am keeping the right to live in that property generally as your principal residence, but I'm keeping the right to live there for the rest of my lifetime. Even though I gave the house to the kids, the kids cannot kick me out. In fact, the kids can't even set foot on that residence as long as I'm there because I have the right to it. I can invite them on, obviously, but, uh, but they can't kick me out. So the parents got the best of both worlds. They give it to the kids. If they ever needed nursing home care, they don't own a house, they don't lose a house. Uh, the kids you know, have that right once the parents pass away. We think everything's good. There were some problems with it if you know, parents needed nursing home care. Now we have a vacant house, Donna May, and someone's got to pay the property taxes because the nursing home gets all the rest of the money if you didn't do any other planning. They get the rest of the money. Now the kids have to pay property taxes and expenses and things. So years ago, that used to be good. Um, and what you kind of had to do is uh, to avoid some pretty big taxes and some nursing home penalties, the kids had to keep the house until after both parents passed away. So even if they needed nursing home care, as long as the kids kept the house until after both parents passed away, you were good. And then the way you could sell the house after both parents passed away and keep the money. Well, Wisconsin changed that law in August of 2014. August 1st of 2014. So eight years ago, Wisconsin said, if parents do that from that day forward, so not the old ones, the old ones are still there, but anything going from August 1st of 2014 coming forward, last eight years, if you give the house to the kids and you keep the right to live there, and, and you do need nursing home care. Well, the bad news is if the kids sell it during your lifetime, they have to pay all the taxes. They have to pay a pretty big penalty to the nursing home. You know, often in that 30 to 50% of the value of the house kind of penalty. Big, big penalty. And the kids would say, hey, we know how this works. We'll wait until after both spouses pass away, after both parents pass away. Then we'll sell it. We get to keep all the money. We've heard of this for years. Well, the state says not anymore. So now if you give that house to kids and you keep the right to live there, you keep the life estate, if you sell it while they're living, you still lose all the money. If you wait till after they pass away, you can save a couple of dollars of taxes, but you will always be on the hook for that, uh, that risk of, of nursing home kind of percentage. Um, and depending on what age it is when the parents need nursing home care or what age it is when they, when they pass away, you know, most commonly that is a, a 30 to 50% penalty. So we, don't, we haven't done one of those since then. I, I can't imagine someone thinks doing that nowadays would make sense mm -hmm. um, just because there are alternatives that are you know far far less expensive um, mm -hmm. but but okay. to get back to your point donna may you said well can you do that if there's a mortgage on the house and the banks say well if you do then you have to pay off the mortgage mm -hmm. so they have in every mortgage there's something called an acceleration clause mm -hmm. or they call it a do on sale clause mm -hmm. which just means if mr and mrs johnson the parents transfer the house to donna may and her siblings and there's a mortgage on it, then the, uh, the, the bank says whenever that house, you know, they, they got a mortgage with the parents, mm -hmm. and if they're transferring the house, the, parent, the, the bank says we need to get paid because mm -hmm. someone else owns the house and they're not on the mortgage. So, yep, with a life estate, the old days when pe we used to do that, you always had to have the house paid off. 
Um, we haven't done one since August 1st of 2014, and okay. I, w I would uh, – there's ways you can actually protect your house with a mortgage on it. We can actually talk about those later in the show, Tom. It's a little bit mm -hmm. longer conversation. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, so stay tuned. Maybe uh, hold that okay. thought. We will get into that. All right, thanks Thank for you. the call. Appreciate yeah, it. 715-845-2155. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Alan, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. It's precious beyond measure. If you care for a child with a disability and have limited income and resources, help is available. Children with a physical or mental disability or who are blind may qualify for monthly cash payments through the supplemental... 535 on News Talk Sports, WSAU. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, along with attorney Alan Haugam, Haugam Law Firm here in Wausau. 715-845-2155, the number to call. We're talking uh, estate planning and uh, protecting your assets kind of thing today. That's what Alan specializes in. And where did you want to go from here? You know, I think maybe the uh, uh, the conversation about, uh, and Donna Mays, maybe uh, we're going to get to kind of how this ties in. Uh, the question that some people have is, well, okay, this is great. I know how to protect things. Because uh, my cousin's got three duplexes, and he's got, you know, uh, uh, Ed's uh, Duplexes LLC, and he, he's got it to protect his personal assets just in case something happens at a duplex or, or there's, a, you know, some injury or whatever it is. So you know what? I want to protect stuff, but I want to protect it from, as Donna May was, you know, kind of getting into, I want to protect it from uh, uh, any other creditor or long-term care or nursing home care. I'm not in the business. I just want to protect my stuff. And some people have said, you know what I could do? I just put it into an LLC because it's limited liability. I will limit my liability. And you say, well, it's limited liability in really a business sense or in uh, somebody sues one of my business partners sense. It is not really does doesn't do anything for you for the asset protection or the long term care or the nursing home care. Nothing. And it's not what it's meant to do. To be fair, it has wonderful purposes. We like them a lot, Tom. It's called Haugam Law Firm, LLC. You know, uh -huh. We like them. But, but it's really meant for that business side. So if you say, well, well, wait a minute. What if, what if, Tom, I get my house and my cottage and my land and my money and my investments and I put it all into, you know, uh, uh, you know family LLC and then I give that LLC uh, to the kids? Could I do that? And you say, sure, you could do that. It still doesn't do anything differently. The LLC itself doesn't do anything differently for the protection than if you just gave the stuff to them. But it does have some some negative tax consequences for the kids. And you say, oh, you know, normally. What are the costs do, involved in setting up an LLC as opposed to setting up a trust or some other form of financial? Oh, instrument? I would say they're probably comparable. You know, that's one of the things I, I would say if you, if you have a lawyer do it, it's probably comparable. One of the things with LLCs is we do have people set them up themselves. You know, they go right on the website, and Wisconsin has a thing where you pay them 130 bucks, and now you have an LLC. You can get one of those done probably between now and the end of the show. Heck, you can probably get one of these done between now and the next commercial break. And, and you say, well, uh -huh. now I have an LLC. Now I have King, uh, King Properties LLC. And you say, what does it do? Well, not a whole lot. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's really what it, it's, it's the, the vehicle that then you use for other things. And, and they have wonderful utility, and they're, they're a great resource for, for the right aspect. And, you know, if you have a farm, you're probably going to have an LLC or a corporation or something. If you have a business, absolutely. If you do have rental properties, definitely useful. If you say, oh, you know what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to give that to the kids as a protection or uh, uh, protect it from the long-term care, protect it from the medical, protect it from the nursing home vehicle. 
And that really doesn't work. Uh, it's, it's no different than just gifting them the house or the cottage or anything. And then we get the tax consequence. And you go, oh, so how do we avoid that? So what do you use then? What instrument do you use then to protect it from the long-term care? What you do is you can say, well, how about if I, if I just love an LLC, but, uh, or if I have an LLC and I want to protect it, you mean I can't protect it? You say, no, it means you certainly can. But really what you do is then you combine really more of the trust planning with that. You say, can I create uh, some type of asset protection trust? And there's lots of different kinds of trust. So when people say trust, they say, well, there's a, I guess it's a trust. Do I either have one or don't? Well, there's dozens of different kinds of trust, literally. Um, and, and a lot of them fit very particular circumstances. You know, the, the high net worth folks who want to deal with an estate tax when they die or the people who have, you know, the mansion on Lake Michigan or that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's, there's different purposes for different trusts that really would be beyond the scope of, of what 99.9% of people would need. But if you say, hey, could I do something where I'm still in charge of it? You know, even when Donna Mae says, uh, you know, could you give a house to, to kids? And keep a life estate, and does that protect it? Well, in the old days, that people did it, but then they didn't have a house. You know, if they said, you know what, 20 years go by, and I'm 95, and I don't want to mow lawn or plow snow. I think I want to sell it and get a condo, you know, or get, sell but it and get an apartment. you can because you gave it to the kids. You don't own it. Yeah, you yeah. gave it to the kids, and you go, ugh. Or you could sell it, and now everybody's paying a tax that could have been tax-free. You're like, uh-oh, we got tax consequences. And I think that's where, when you list the goals, you know, think about the, the big picture there, there's rarely one goal and then everything else just falls into place. If you say, I want to protect it, that's great. Do you want to pay more tax or less tax? Well, less tax. Oh, okay. Well, then we're going we're gonna to skip these couple of ways and we're going to try it this way. Um, do you want to be in control of it? Well, I don't know anybody who wouldn't want to be in control of their stuff. I mean, obviously, at some point, um, you, know, you, you start to lose uh, capacity. You know, at, at some point... Um, We'll have people who say, I want my children to help me with my finances, which is natural and, and, and fine. But it's one where I still want to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to retire. I want to turn uh, 65 and then say, I'm going to ask my kids if, uh, if I can have money to go on vacation. Or I'm going to ask my kids if uh, this house isn't for me anymore. And I, I want to downsize or, or get a condo or get an apartment or, or move in with one of them or any of those things. So can you do all of that? And that's really the, the um, kind of where the rubber hits the road. It's can we protect it? Yes. Can we keep the tax benefits? Yeah. Now, there's a little bit of effort to it. Uh, can we also stay in control of it? Absolutely. But I think you, you just plan for those things ahead of time and have you know a, a bigger plan rather than saying, um, you know what? My cousin's got three duplexes, and uh, uh, I think an LLC is the way to go. LLCs are great, but really not for long-term care. All right, 715-845-2155, the number to call. We're going to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Attorney Alan Haugam, call us right now. We'll be right back on WSAU. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Nice. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong. All right, we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Alan Haugam, attorney at law with us here today, taking your financial questions about estate planning and asset protection, all of that good stuff. Where do you want to go from here? You know, I think, Tom, when we talk about this protection, and, and it's the taxes side, sometimes people, uh, you know, they talk about it. And I think this is even, you know, this is a great question for just a weekly making financial sense side of uh, things. You know, when, when you talk about 
what are your goals long term? And we'll have people that say, well, with my investments, I want the greatest return. Say, great, that's fantastic. Let me make sure you have a good plan and, and on and on and you can do all those As things. As Merle says, they want the greatest return with the least amount of risk. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can combine those two, yeah. that'd be fantastic. Uh, I think the, the thing that gets overlooked a lot is, well, it, it's what does the greatest return do for you if then you have to pay uh, uh, more in tax before that money gets to your checkbook? It's, it's really what's the spendable dollar amount. So, you know, the the like we said, I mean, that's why you want people to be educated about this, that that the the greatest skill in the financial side is is how do you navigate those two things, the return or the risk, you know, and then, you know, the, the tax kind of savings coming out. And, and the same thing with the protecting it side. You know, when we talk about could we just give things to kids, you know, Donna May, could you give a house to kids? Could you give land? Could you give farm? Could you give cottage? Could you give just money in the bank and, and, and mutual funds and everything else? Absolutely. You can do it. It's pretty easy. You know, you just do it in five minutes. We'll, we'll get a change of ownership form, transfer it, and uh, even the IRS doesn't really care. As long as it's under $12 million, they, they basically couldn't care less. Um, but when you say, okay, that's great, but then if I pass away and the kids have to pay, what are the kids going to do with it? Well, the kids might sell it or turn it into something spendable. I get it. If there's just hunting land or just a cottage and you say it's been in the family for generations and generations and generations and no one, I promise, will ever, ever sell it, okay, now we'll make you sign that and say, I, I swear on a stack of Bibles. But but things change, and sometimes people do sell what they thought they wouldn't. But but a lot of times, just anything you have, it's just the family house, or it's the mutual funds, or it's the investments, or it's anything. If you say, okay, when you give that to your kids, what do you want to do with it? You say, well, I want to be in charge of it. I want to know that I could use it during my lifetime. Use it, save it, spend it, invest it, do whatever we want. I want it to get to my kids. Great. Uh, I want to get to my kids so it's protected if one of my kids gets divorced. I don't want them to have to buy out the family cottage from some rogue ex-son-in-law. You say, no, 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 we, we can figure that one out. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, the kids don't have to pay a tax on it, though. Can we do that? You say, yeah, we can do that. But, but again, there's a little bit of planning that goes into it. And, and when you do, I think it's just you just list those goals. So instead of someone coming in and saying, you know what I want is this particular document or I was around the, the campfire last night, or I was around the, uh, the 10 top wedding table last night. And, uh, and here's the thing that my neighbor got. And it sounds like a great idea. I want one of those. You say, well, wait a minute, what are your goals? You know, and if you say, you know, this is a goal, that's a goal, that's a goal. And they can be common. You know, some people have kids, some people don't, some people want to give to charity for some people. That's not at all a, a goal, uh, whatever it is. We'll just narrow that down and say, to do that, here's what we can do. And the, the transferring things to kids is the easy part. The being able to still use it during your lifetime, that you're in charge of it, and everybody pays less tax. There's a little bit of effort to it, but it's, it's not insurmountable. It's one where you just list that as a goal. And I think, Tom, that's sometimes where, um, where some of these paths cross, and, and you just say, can we figure that out, and, and what's a good way to do it? Do you need a pretty high dollar amount of stuff in order to make this worth doing? I mean, as far as the cost involved, your, oh. your costs and in, in drawing up all the paperwork and all of the time involved and all of that. I mean, what's, what's the trade-off between having enough to make it worthwhile and then not doing it? In addition to thinking the Packers are going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl every year, uh-huh. this is another one of the things I was wrong about in the beginning. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and what it was is I used to think, now this was my error, but I think it's common. I used to think in order to protect your stuff, you had to be rich. 
I mean, you had to be rich. Like, you had to have a couple of million bucks worth of stuff. And and when you think about it, it's, you know, the, the cost of just what the state says is the average cost of nursing home care now is a little over $110,000 a year. 9300 a month for room and board, 110 a year. The reality is it's probably a little bit more than that in, in most places that we deal with in, in the middle third of the state. And uh, really the, the top two-thirds of the state, I guess. It's, you'd say, well, wait a minute. At that amount, you know, is it not everybody goes and needs nursing home care or not everybody needs extended care. But if you did for four or five years, you are four hundred dollars to $600,000 gone. That's just cash. That's gone. And you say, okay. So what I used to think is in order to protect things, you had to be rich. So you had to have a couple of million bucks. Well, let's think, Tom, if someone has $2 million. Now, not everybody has $2 million. Kind of rare, but it, it happens. If you had $2 million and your spouse needed nursing home care and you had to pay $500,000 for four years of nursing home care or four and a half or five, whatever that was, you still have a million and a half dollars yeah, left yeah. over. I think mm-hmm. you can pay the cable bill with the 1.5 yeah. in the checking account. Yeah. Now, if someone has $500,000, that's their net worth. That's everything they have. That's house and investments. I would say much more common um, to have that or a smaller number. Well, now if someone has $500,000, they're to- that's their life, and they have $500,000 worth of nursing home care, they're wiped out. And you say that really happens, and it's awful. And it's just, it's, it's uh, I would say, uh, emotionally devastating. You know, it's financially just, um, you're just wiped out. The rules for this, Tom, believe it or not, the rules that the state has that they put forth, um, sometimes there's, you know, you don't have to look very far. There's no subtlety in it. The rules for this, if, if one spouse needs nursing home care and there's a healthy spouse at home, the rules are called spousal impoverishment because they can take the healthy spouse down to poverty levels or really realistically below poverty levels. It's, it's nuts. So when you talk about do you have to have a lot to protect it, I think that is definitely a case-by-case question. You know, who is, the, who is the protecting it more important for? The person with $2 million bucks or the person with $500,000? And you go, ooh, well, what if someone doesn't have $500,000? What if they have three or two? Now they're going to get to zero really fast. Um, and, and it is just it, the, the risk is so high. That, and I think that's where I was mistaken. You know, I used to think that this was just a rich person's operation. And we've had, we've had very wealthy people come into our office, and, and we talk about the same things because everybody's, you know, it, really everyone's hopes and dreams and goals you'd think would be the same. They want their family to be happy. They want to be happy. They want to be healthy. They want to make sure that they're financially secure, whatever that means to their lifestyle. But, but they'll come in, and we'll have some exceptionally wealthy people, and we'll talk to them about this and say, hey, you have a lot. We really need to protect this. And they kind of look at you sideways. They turn their head a little bit and say, I don't care about protecting it for the nursing home. When you're that rich, you can cash flow it. You know, those people have 10000 bucks a month coming in. So it really doesn't even affect them. It never touches their principal. Uh, and it is one where you think about it and you, you just think at all those different levels. It is the asset protection side of it is much more a regular middle class. Just, you know, you worked hard. You saved some money in the 401k plan. You're making mortgage payments on the house. And now you get closer and closer to retirement age. You're into retirement age. And you say, hey, if there's a health issue, um, there's a big risk. So, But I think it really cuts across all of those. And that's why we would never, I don't think you judge or you, or you say, um, we, you know, we know that this is exactly what you need. I don't have any idea what someone needs because I, until I know their goals. Once we know their goals, then we can say, here's three different ways you can do it, for example. And uh, you get to pick. You can pick whatever you want. But if you do it this way, here's what it accomplishes. Based on you and your family and your kids and what you have and what you want to do with that, 
Um, and if you want to do it this way, you do it this way. If you want to do it a third way, here's what that does. Here's how much it costs. Here's how much time it takes. All that stuff. You know, with the advent of the Internet, um, more and more, quote, unquote, regular people became doctors and were able to go to their doctor <laughs> yes. and, and tell the, him what was wrong with them and how to treat it. Do you find that being the case in the legal profession, that with all of the information available on the Internet, people come to you and know what they need to do or know what they want to do, do you have to set them straight sometimes? We get a lot of that with the the things, the the folks who say, I need an LLC. I say, okay, well, what does it do? And they very well might benefit from it. Um, or I need a trust. I'll say, okay, what kind of trust? They're like, a trust. I'm like, well, there's, there's, I, I could pick 35 different trusts off my fingertips. You know, and they, just, they know two, a revocable trust right. and an irrevocable only, trust. We get that all there time. are only two there's, times. There's only right? two. There's yeah. a revocable and irrevocable. I'm like, no, there's, you know, 30 plus, 40 plus, you know, whatever it is. And uh, uh, so we, we get that, or it's my, my neighbor has a trust, so I need one. My neighbor has a revocable trust, so I need one. My neighbor has an irrevocable trust, so I need one. And you say, without knowing your neighbor, you know, you, maybe you do. You know, maybe that fits you. Maybe you are exactly like your neighbor. And we've had people live across the street from each other. And they say, you know, guy across the street, he's the same age I am. He's married to the you know, high school sweetheart, just like me. They got three kids, just like me. We work at the same place. We carpool. You know, it's it's perfect. You know, I got a backyard. He's got a backyard. We both hunt, we both fish. <laughs> you know, we're both bad golfers. You know, every it's like we're living the same life. Yeah. And he's got a, a fill in the blank. He's got one of those things. So I need one. And I might say, Well, what's your goal? And he says, What do you mean? I need one. My neighbor has it. So what's your goal? And and for some people it is, you know, one neighbor wants to give ten percent to the church. They want to fund a scholarship fund. They say, My kids um, I don't want, uh, I, if I give a couple bucks to my kids, that's great, but they don't need it. They're, uh, the other one says, I want to give every single dime to my kids. I don't want anybody getting a nickel. Some people say, if I have to pay a couple extra dollars in taxes, that's okay. You know, that's, uh, it, God bless America, land of opportunity. That's how I, I, I got it, and I created it, and I saved it. And uh, if there's a couple extra dollars that go in when I pass away, after I pass away, it's, I don't have to deal with a monthly budget anymore. Yeah, that's fine. Other people say, I will do anything it takes to reduce my tax dollars to zero. And I say, we can do either one of those things, but let's figure out the goal. And you might live across the street from a person living the same life, but what is that goal? And I think once you figure that out, then it really narrows it down. And it's a pretty quick conversation in the beginning. And all of a sudden, your eyes open up. So we do get a lot of, that's where the internet lawyers, the internet <laughs> law degrees. And I, I don't mind it at all because at least they're engaged. You know, those people are at least, um, they'll think about it. I think some of it, though, we get a lot of, of, of things that are not Wisconsin-specific. You know, Donna May talks about a life estate. If you're in Minnesota or Michigan or Illinois, a life estate is still a possibility. It's not perfect in those states either, but it's a possibility. I think in Wisconsin, um, I frankly don't see a, a situation where that makes sense. Um, the marital property agreement, you know, we've talked about that. You know, if you're married and you live in Wisconsin, you get to pick the tax rate for the surviving spouse. And that, that's not a misquote. You know, you get to choose ahead of time. And people say, well, why wouldn't I choose the lowest possible. You know, you can pick zero. You can pick a 0% capital gains tax rate for your surviving spouse. Uh, do you want that? You go, yeah. <laughs> okay, but you have to do it ahead of time. In Illinois, you can't. In Minnesota, you can't. In, in the other, you know, so in those states, you. but the Internet crosses every state boundary, and we'll have some that says, this is a great idea. So, yeah, that's a great idea it's somewhere else. Um, but you're missing a couple opportunities here. So let's take that and then add to it. Or let's modify that one so it fits where you actually live. Do you find that most of the people, uh, older people in Wisconsin, that 
live in other states for part of the year, whether it be Florida, Arizona, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, different laws in those places that affect the way they set up their end-of-life stuff? It should. You know, and first of all, Tom, you know, anyone who, who lives part of the time outside Wisconsin, that's a, an extraordinarily bad idea. Just because Wisconsin <laughs> even, is the— Even when it's 40 it's below the zero? the greatest state right? in the country, Tom. <laughs> this is the best place ever, and you just embrace the snow. Okay. But, no, if, if you do, okay, a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But, but no, if you do, uh, there are differences. And some people choose those states for income tax purposes. Um, and we'll talk about that. But it's where do you spend more time. But, you know, for example, if you have a place in Florida, the cost of probate in Florida, the cost of probate in Wisconsin is exceedingly high. It is unnecessary and unconscionably high. In Florida, it's, it's triple. The cost of even the lawyers in Florida, because we have a lot of friends who are lawyers in Florida just because... You know, there's a lot of estate planning lawyers in Florida, and we have a lot of well, Wisconsin sure, because there, there are a lot of people that are there, there. close yeah. to death. It's part of the deal. Yeah, but it's it's one of those where even the lawyers get embarrassed about the cost because they're statutory costs, and they're like, "This is just the number. This is just what the state says we charge," and it's even even those, and they're it's one of those. So so avoid that. So do the, the planning in Wisconsin to avoid that probate in Florida. You know, the whole Arizona idea that, well, Florida anywhere. doesn't have any ta- income tax. You know, it, it's a <laughs> well, great deal, the best deal in the world. But, uh, yeah. yeah, there are other costs involved. Absolutely. That, that we don't yeah, everybody gets their money, and yeah. it's just part of it. So I think, yeah, Tom, if you do have that, if you have planning, if you have any real estate especially, I don't care if it's a park model in South Texas, you know, any real estate, certainly, not timeshares, those are different, but any real estate outside Wisconsin, um, you really have an extra layer of planning. It's not hard. You just have to deal with it ahead of time, or else the kids get this just an absolute, um, just just mess, an expensive, time-consuming, unnecessary mess. So just fix that. Do it ahead of time. It's very easy. All right, 715-845-2155. We're talking to attorney Alan Halgum today on the program. If you have a question for Alan, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Control of prediabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Alan Halgum, attorney at law, joining us this morning, pinch hitting for Merle. And uh, we've got a few minutes left, 715-845-2155, the number to call if you have a question for Alan. What do you got? You know, I think back to Donna May. We promised Donna May we would kind of bring this full circle to that life estate. So for everyone out there who has a life estate, if, uh, not to scare anyone, if you had it and it was drafted, it was signed over to you uh, prior to August 1st of 2014, you kind of let sleeping dogs lie. It's it's not perfect. I think what you do is you have to commit yourself to not sell that property until after both parents have passed away. Not just go to a nursing home. It can be empty. You can rent it out. You can find a nephew or a grandkid or something to keep that property going. Um, ideally, it's occupied. Obviously, that's nice. But you just pay the insurance. You pay the taxes. You kind of mow the lawn and, and make it kind of get it, get it through. If Though you say, well, wait a minute, it's past August 1st of 2014, last time I checked, and we can't sign one of those now, what do we do? Or as Donna May said, what if you do have a mortgage on it? Well, you couldn't have done it anyway. What what can you do? And I think, Tom, this is where you start to think about, um, again, the goals. So if you say, basically, can I draft a trust? Is there a trust that says all I care about is avoiding probate? Yeah, absolutely. Is there a trust that says I can avoid probate and protect my Florida property from probate? Absolutely. Is there a trust where I can avoid probate, protect the kids? Yes. Uh, protect the kids, avoid probate, protect the assets? Yeah. Uh, can I still be in charge of it? Yeah. Um, you know, if there's an Allen and Tracy Haugam Asset Protection Trust, well, guess who's in charge of it? Allen and Tracy Haugam. You know, guess who can use the, 
the money that's in it. Alan and Tracy Helgram, who can, you know, who lives in the house, who uses the investments, who has the life insurance, who, you know, can can uh, you know, figure out do we do we buy hunting land or a cottage or a farm or whatever those things are. Yeah, Alan, Tracy, Alan, and Tracy, Alan, and Tracy. But do we have to pay extra taxes? No. We what set ha- it up right, you don't have to. What happens if those people become incapacitated or are no mm-hmm. longer around? Who and controls, they will. Who controls the trust then? Yeah, Does it eventually, automatically go to somebody else? Yeah, and, and yeah. that's what you do. You plan ahead of time. And if you say, all right, Tom, so if something happened uh, um, to you, uh, something happened to you and Mrs. King, uh, who do you want to be in charge of stuff? Should we just roll the dice and just have the neighborhood decide? You go, no. Should we have the judge you've never met decide? You go, well, definitely not. Um, well, who would you pick? You say, well, um, if if you have children, you'd say, yeah, I want uh, uh, the prince, uh, you know, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. King. Yeah. So we got yeah. the, the prince, uh, prince number one and uh, prince number two. And, and you say, sure. Or you say, no, I want my sibling. I got a sister who's great. You know, she's, she's, a, she's fantastic with money, perfect, um, or my kids are too young. So we have, we have that discussion a lot. Or sometimes people would say, you know what, one of my kids is fantastic, but he lives six states away. Um, just career has taken him away. I have one of my kids locally who's uh, just good with money. They get their bills paid on time every month. They're not a CPA, but they don't have to be. You know, do they get their bills paid on time every month? That's my one-question uh, qualification test. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's absolutely hard worker, gets you know, conscientious, bills paid on time every month. Good, that's our guy. Or that's our girl, or, or whatever it is. So I think you, you pick. But if if you would pick now, if you say, I just don't know who's going to do this thirty years from now. Well, news, I don't either. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen thirty years from now. Let's pick the next five. Who would you pick for that job if you passed away within the next five years? And you say, oh, within the next five years? Well, that's my older brother. Yeah, he's fantastic. Or that's my older sister. Or it's my parents. You know, a lot of times it's a parent. And then people say, but if I need my parent, they can't do it thirty years from now. Again, back to the question. I, you know, it, we're not worried about that. We'll worry about that. Maybe you say it's the parent for the next five years. By then, your kids are old enough, or by then, your grandkids are old enough, or your niece or nephew, or or we'll figure it out in five years. Or the planet's too hot to live in at, the, <laughs> at that point, and it's all moot, right? Well, certain parts of it maybe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but it is. It's it's one of those where uh, maybe that's the Great Migration. Once the the Southwest runs out of water, then we're going to be the hot spot. We're going we're gonna to be booming. Wausau is going to be like the new Vegas or something. Oh, now. boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But but it is. I think you do that. And then if you get back to Donna May's question, well, can we protect the house? Yes. Can we still be in charge of it? Yes. Can we uh, make sure that whoever receives the house doesn't have to pay these crazy taxes? Yes, you can do that. And, and uh, uh, wrap it, putting a bow on Donna May's question, can you protect that house even if there's a mortgage on it? Well, there's a 1982 federal law uh, that's called the Garn St. Germain Act that says we can do that, Donna, Donna May, and, uh, and it works. And you go, even with a mortgage? Even with a mortgage. And you go, that's fantastic. Um, we can do all those things. We can do all those things. Um, but it's really, what are your goals? So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's happy law. I practice happy law every day, Tom. <laughs> Everybody comes in. That's they're right. nervous because they're dealing with lawyers, you know. It's like dentists, lawyers, you know, jeez. But then... You're like, hey, wait a minute. There's a plan for this, and we can we can do those things if we do it ahead of time. People laugh and they smile and they're like, this is all right. This is kind of it's kind of. That's fun. right. You never have to deal with anybody in lockup. You never have to deal right. with somebody you know selling state secrets I've or anything like that. I've never been in the county jail, Tom. Yeah. On either side of the glass, yeah. for that matter. Um, yeah. It's we don't sue people. We don't get sued. You know, and and for the lawyers out there who do sue people and who do defend those people getting sued, they're great at it and they have a purpose and and. You know, more power to him, man. That is uh, that is really impressive. I, I, that's just not the path that I chose. 
we, we do happy law and we say, can we fix this problem ahead of time before it ever happens? It's like peace of mind. And you go, yeah, okay, let's give it a try. All right. Well, if folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Sure. Uh, the easiest way, uh, our, our main office here is in Wausau. We have a satellite office in Rhinelander. The easiest phone number for both of them is area code 715-843-5001. 715-843-5001. Or on the web, it's at haugumlaw.com. H-O-U-G-U-M. Uh, Haugumlaw.com. All right. Well, you head off to your fantasy football uh, auction. I'm uh, conquer that. Is, thing, is Alan Tom. Lazard on your uh, radar for hey, today? Take it easy, Tom. <laughs> I got my sleepers okay. that nobody knows about. All right. All right. We'll talk to Alan again down the road. Merle Kelch will be back here next Saturday as well. And we've got the news on the way. The Polka Show is coming up as well. And the Brewers will try to get over that excruciating loss last night. They've got the Cubs again tonight at American Family Field. And you'll be able to catch that game right here, pregame show at 535 on WSAU. One in five of us is bullied. One in three of us is overweight or obese. One in five.